0: Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abrol. Welcome to Dr. Karen Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abrol. Today's program is all about love, but maybe not the kind of love you're thinking of. I'm talking about gay boy straight girl love, what I'm calling the Will and Grace Effect. Although I was having some major straight girl gay boy love way before Will and Grace showed up. I'm just saying. And to talk about this issue, I'm bringing one of my gay boys and... uh BFFs from college we go back many many years now he's also now my manager Chip Gregory is joining the program Chip
1: Hi. Hey. <laughs> 30 years.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> just
1: gave away our age.
0: <laughs> we surely did. It's traumatic. So we've talked about this for many years, obviously, for 30. And it's kind of interesting. And even the whole Will and Grace phenomenon that we, you know, I talked about just a minute ago. when that show came on back in 1998, we were like, oh, okay, so people think this is cute and quirky, but that's our life, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, it was irritating, because it's like we were Will and Grace long before... Yeah, they,
0: before they, were. So they stole cool. our stuff.
1: They did, those that's kids. Yeah. But it, yeah, we enjoyed it, because it was fun. Course. Because we finally got a show about us.
0: Right, and that beautiful love affair that is the gay boy straight girl love. And I think it's so fascinating and And, of course, I enjoy it in many of the TV shows you know, we talked about Carrie and Stanford. Mm-hmm. And I, there's even an episode where, city, yeah. right, Where Carrie has, you know, her gay husband is Stanford. and then she has this new fling with her gay boyfriend. And of course, Stanford gets jealous. and and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I, I've experienced that too. <laughs> I mean, it's something that I think so many women and gay men can identify with, oh yeah, and there's a lot of nuance to it. There's, a lot of stereotypes out there and i think if people haven't experienced it themselves or been around that kind of dynamic they don't quite understand it or else maybe they do and they and they they watch will and grace and crack up even if they don't know
1: the What's will going the will on. character yeah. or
0: the grace character in their real life they still go ha, that's funny <laughs>
1: right right yeah, yeah. absolutely
0: and what's interesting, Chip, I wanted to tell you and my listeners is that there's actually some research on this. Okay, I know hashtag psych nerd, but I always have to bring the research in.
1: Yeah, so you really are a nerd because I want to, you know, let's talk about the magic of it, right? And you're trying to ruin it with your science and logic. It's like whatever, but please continue with your science. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so there's some research by uh, a psychologist named Eric Russell out of the University of Texas in Arlington. And he wrote a piece that showed up in the online magazine called The Conversation. And it's called The Science Behind Why So Many Women Want to Befriend Gay Men. Which, okay, but the gay boys want to be friends with us too, by the way, Eric. Hello. So his methodology was really interesting. He had straight women and gay men look at fictitious Facebook profiles, which depicted for the straight women, there were either straight women, straight men, or gay men. And the straight women were asked how likely they would be to trust this individual's dating advice. And the gay men had the same task, but they had either straight women, gay men, or lesbian women. And the results showed that straight women and gay men perceived one another to be very trustworthy sources of relationship and dating advice. So in dating and relationship matters, there's this implicit trust So Russell went on to do some follow-up studies and found that it's likely that gay men and straight women see each other as having no ulterior motives. So a woman might not take advice on dating from another woman because she'd be like, well, she's my competitor. (laughs) I mean, we're in competition for the men out there. Or that a straight man would not be straight with her either, no pun intended, because there's that sexual chemistry that's going to be there. But with the gay men, there is no ulterior motive. So he's going to shoot straight about dating and relationship advice and the same vice versa.
1: Yeah, you know, we've, we've talked about this. I think boundary is the wrong word, but there's the safe place that you can be.
0: OK, I'm going to take issue with the study. It was nicely conducted, but it's not just about dating and relationships.
1: Right. No, I it's mean, so much more than right, that. Right, I don't think... Our friendship was based on more than that. I Way mean, more. I mean, yeah. we
0: we talked about that, of course, sure. But there was a lot more. It's just the energy. It's like the comfort, like you said. There's mm-hmm. a safety. I can have that safe comfort of that male companionship I desire, but without ever having to worry that he's going to misread the signals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But here's the interesting piece. We had that even before you were out.
1: That's right. Like... We had that relationship even before I even wanted to be out, right? Right, so that's interesting, yeah. Um, so how does that play? And I just feel the instinct and the natural friendship oh, was developed still because of that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Well, okay, so here's the idea of that you weren't out, but the dynamics were what they were, well, even though they weren't overt. They were still operating in a covert manner.
1: Absolutely. In fact, do you remember the first time? I remember the first time I saw you when we first met. But that wasn't the first time I knew you or how I saw you. This was very interesting. I don't know if we've ever talked about this recently.
0: No, I don't remember.
1: So my freshman year in college, because you came a year after me, mm-hmm. um, you're both your brothers were very popular on campus. Warren had graduated, but he was still on campus. I think he was a part- time.
0: Yeah, I think he was doing uh, some adjunct professors. so the
1: An- the Anderson brothers, right? So my group of friends knew uh, Elliot and Warren, and they were so popular on campus. It was um your freshman year. The freshman came on campus. I was with a group of guys. And we were talking and like, oh, have you heard about uh, the Anderson brothers? Their sister's here now. She's a freshman and she is a hottie.
0: <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and
1: um, we were talking and we were walking to the dorm and that's when all the freshmen were moving in with their parents, right? Yeah. You know? And there you were with your parents and they're like, oh, that's her. And everybody's like gawking. And it's funny me like, oh, wow, she is, she is hot. And I'm just like, she is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to know her and so that's the first time I saw you and you just you're walking you had this confident walk your hair was flawless and you're just traipsing and looking looking wonderful and I knew then like I want to get to know her she is fabulous
0: wow I really don't remember that story but yeah, thank you.
1: So yeah, why do you think that? Like when I first saw you and your entire fabulousness, right? <laughs> looking wonderful in the hair and working the... Thank you, darling. Yeah, and, and the way you walked and you had, you know, you traipsed in the, you know, and you're just, it was like, what an entrance. It was like, look at that diva looking all oh, fabulous. But what is it? Like, is there something about like, why are gay men attracted to that strong female archetype? And And by the way, it's different. Like... You were talking about, well, you know, some gay men like Madonna. And, you know, for me, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a mixture of of diva women that I love. Um, (laughs) Ella Fitzgerald is one, right? Stevie Nicks. But what is it, do you think?
0: Like we were saying, I mean, I've had this conversation with you, but... Yeah. Madonna, Cher, Joan Crawford.
1: Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah. my
0: gosh. Barbara. <laughs>
1: Lady Gaga now. For the, sure. With the children. For the 12-year-olds.
0: <laughs> with the babies. Well,
1: they're all 12. Like, I look at a 30-year-old, I'm like, you're 12.
0: <laughs> you need to stop that. Sorry. That's ageism.
1: It really is.
0: <laughs> okay. But, right. So, what is it? I, I mean, and we've talked about this for years. So, yeah. let's ask the listeners. I mean... So listeners, do you have any thoughts about that? I mean, what is it about the diva and the gay man that is this... Or
1: the strong female type, yeah. whatever context it is for them, whatever fabulous is to that gay <laughs> man.
0: Yeah, so let us know. Email us, uh, put some comments in the podcast. I mean, let us know what you think because we can't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hi, this is Bruni Getchel, life coach and clinical hypnotherapist
0: from Boston, Massachusetts, and I listen to Dr. Karen's podcast, Love and Life. I'm to the point, Chip, and I'll admit this to you, and you've seen this at work. So if I go to a gay bar and I'm just like, there at the bar and the bartender is gay and I'm just like, hi. If a gay man doesn't basically propose marriage to me within (laughs) one second, I'm a little irritated. I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) <laughs> like, do you not understand
1: the way? Well, not, well, okay, so, like, you walk in a gay bar and you hear,
0: <gasps> 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 look
1: at her. She's wonderful. <laughs> they gasp right
0: <like>, you know. <gasps> But it's so funny, Chip, because I would never walk in a straight environment and expect anyone to fawn all over me. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and Never. I would never yeah. expect a straight guy to fawn all over me. I would never expect a, a straight woman to... It's
1: funny because I do expect when I go in a straight <laughs> bar to have the men go,
0: <laughs> <gasps> to me.
1: It never happens. It's very but disappointing. Gay...
0: <laughs> but if a gay man is not... I mean, and I'm not... They could be perfectly polite, but if they aren't, like, obviously wanting a, a major love affair with me, like within 30 <laughs> seconds, I'm so offended. I'm, like, I'm offended
1: for you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been with you when that happened. I'm like, I'm irritated with them. Let's go.
0: Like we, we hate them. <laughs> we are out of here. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny just that dynamic and then because you, you've experienced it, you expect it. You just want it all the more. So let's talk about some of the terms, that we, oh, the, these these stereotypes. These horrible, that we horrible,
1: horrible. So
0: I've been called... And you've gotten angry. I've been called a fag hag.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that yeah. term. I think, you know, um, historically what it is, right? Of course. And people are like, well, where did the word fag come from? And there's a lot of interpretations. But one, basically, fag is a cigarette and, and I, in England and in Europe. But also it was kindling, wood kindling. So basically it was meaning that you were going to set you on fire, right? So that's where the, the word kind of yeah. derives for, from. From that,
0: I never knew that. That,
1: yeah. So it's, it's, and there's some interpretations whether that's correct, and Mm -hmm. you know how that works. Oh, yeah. But in American slang, it is, you know, the woman is just so hideous. She's because she can't get a real relationship with a man, so she has to be with a fag. And it's derogatory to both. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. And then the fruit fly, I'm not crazy about that term either. And to me, it's like, why do we have to put a term to that? Because you're my best friend. And it's a relationship that's different than anything else. So we have to put something. Right. A uh, category. So I don't know. But I hate it. And then you've probably heard the other one, which is, and there's many relationships with, with this. It was more prevalent in the 50s, and especially in Hollywood, where you call the beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people think that, oh, a beard covers stuff up. But no, it's actually meaning, you know, if a man wants to amp up his masculinity, mm-hmm. then he would grow a beard. Right. And the same would go with, well, I'm going to have this woman. And a lot of the Hollywood studios and PR agencies would use known gay men, mm-hmm. Rock Hudson, and they would put them with. You know, females to make it look like they were dating. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the most famous, of course, is Rock Hudson and Doris Day.
0: Mm-hmm. And then that was his beard. Right. And now he looks like a legit hetero man. Right. And everyone's happy. And, and he Yeah, safe. The stay.
1: straight people feel safe.
0: <laughs> the breeders. The breeders, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> that is I have been called too. a breeder, too. <laughs> and I have not procreated, so. <laughs> we
1: must keep the breeders secure in their breederdom. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I never, I didn't like the fag part. The hag part never bothered me. Mm-hmm. But then I had a lot of my gay boyfriends would be like, no, I don't want to call you that. So they, they went with Fruit Fly. I didn't care. I'm like.
1: How about you're my best friend, Karen? Yeah. That's what, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think the will and grace is kind of a nice maybe neutral way. Just like, oh, it's the will and grace thing. Yeah. You know, that, maybe yeah. that works.
1: Well, I tell people, yeah, that's my ex-wife. <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> it just sets it up differently. It's kind of like, yeah, we're, we're, yeah.
0: I like that. Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. I'd love to connect with you on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Doctor drkaren, D-R-K-A-R-I-N. Here I share my thoughts on love and life through original quotes and images. I'd love to have you join the conversation. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson. You can find me live tweeting my favorite shows. This is us, Will and Grace, and My Guilty Pleasure, all shows Bachelor Nation. On Facebook, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson April. There you can read my blog, see where I'm speaking, and find links to others podcasts when I'm a guest on their show. Okay, so let me nerd out just one more time. There's also some research looking at gay men and straight women in the workplace. So according to the Journal of Business and Psychology, straight women tend to hire gay men over other heterosexual applicants. The interpretation here is that they perceive gay men to be more competent and warmer.
1: That's also an EOCC violation, but please continue. <laughs>
0: I don't know what OCC is.
1: Sex discrimination, or gender... I mean, like, please continue.
0: <laughs> well, no, and, and the final finding is that marketing researchers suggest that straight women prefer to work with gay males associates over others in consumer retail settings.
1: Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Really? Huh.
0: And And these researchers were, were saying, hey, well, things are looking up. More and more women are in leadership positions in corporations, and so the workplace environment should be looking up for gay men in general based on the fact that the straight women may be hiring them from time to time, whatever. but So what do you think about that?
1: It's interesting. I would love to see some research, too, on others in in the LGBT community, especially Mm -hmm. trans. Mm -hmm. But I know we're not talking about that, and that's another show, but um, of course I'm going to go there. You know, the other part of this is we need to talk about the misogyny with, with this, too. Oh. Yeah, because especially after Stonewall, and I mm-hmm. like that I have become all of a sudden an LGBT <laughs> specialist just because I'm a homosexual man <laughs> who's married to a fabulous husband, by the way. He is but, fabulous. I love you, Troy. <laughs> Troy. I love him. Um, but back in the day, you know, a lot of uh, straight women, when they would go into to the gay bars with their with their friends, they were ostracized, and they and they were heaped upon these horrible comments, and not really welcome. And it's different today. Mm. This is mainly in the '50s, '60s, mm-hmm. but even in the '80s, mm. and there was this disdain. A lot of times, a bartender wouldn't serve them. And I know that sounds crazy now, and it's like, okay, it's not you know real persecution that someone didn't serve you, but it it is because for me, and we've had this conversation before. You know, our straight allies, especially our friends, the female, like for me, you have always been there from my journey, from the beginning till now. Mm. You were in my wedding. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a little emotional here. (laughs) But you have always been there. Mm -hmm. You know, even at the dark times when I first came out and there were some some issues. So you are the backbone of the LGBT community.
0: Well, I'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Yeah, and so the reason I wanted to address this on this week, I mean, this is Valentine's week, and typically we'd have some lovey-dovey thing about marriage, or even last year I had an episode for the single ladies, you know, because that's important too. But what I wanted to stress is just the, the uniqueness of all the love in our life. Mm. And so for any listeners who don't have that romantic love at this moment, because the Mr. Wright or Miss Wright isn't around right now, just really enjoy and relish in the love you do have. And if you're lucky enough to have some gay boy, straight girl love in your life, you know, I hope that you'll see that as just as wonderful and meaningful mm-hmm. in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. it is something special.
0: It is something special. And I just wanted to kind of highlight that this week.
1: I have a, um, a picture on our refrigerator and it's a big picture. It's a one of, it was probably two years ago, summer, we were at a rooftop party in chicago somewhere and it's a picture of you and troy talking Aww. and uh i i took it and it's like there's my girl and there's my man <laughs> and you guys look like you're conspiring or talking like what are they talking about <laughs> probably me that's the ego side of me thing they're probably talking about me how exasperating <laughs> i am but whatever <laughs> but it's one of my favorite pictures
0: yeah This is Alexis Hyde, and I'm the director of the Museum of Broken Relationships in Los Angeles, California. And I love listening to Love and Life with Dr. Karen, and I know you will, too. And you know, Chip, one of the things that's interesting about this discussion is even in my book, I incorporated a portion in one chapter where I talked about the beauty of the gay bar for a woman who's single and how and even to this day i mean i was at a conference in charlotte my listeners know last week and i mean we went out kate and i went to a couple different places and then we went to a gay bar and i just feel at home (laughs) (laughs) like in a way that i don't in straight bars it's Mm -hmm. true and and so I was encouraging in the book, like, hey, just you know, explore that. You know, your gay boy karaoke is awesome. No one hits on you. And they actually can sing because they've been in show choir since <laughs> they were five, you know, just stupid stuff like that. But I mean, a lot of that's very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. And you and I can play with that and have fun because we know where it's coming from a place of love and just enjoying some of those stereotypes but I understand that, you know, there might be listeners who are like, hey, you guys are in this, you know, Gen X world of gay, straight, and and that's kind of it. Sure. sure. And I can't speak to some of the other, you know, someone who's non-binary or someone who's trans. I don't know what their dynamics are. So I want, I kind of just want to throw it out there. Like, I'm not trying to be exclusive at all. I'm just speaking to the unique, special relationship that I have experienced.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know what I'm trying sure. to get out there? Yeah,
1: Absolutely. I think it's the same, though, for me, would be, you know, I have a non-binary uh, friend, too. Yeah. And we have a special friendship, too. But, you know, you can kind of liken it to what we have. But that's interesting you bring that up. I think it is a, a Gen X phenomenon more than today. I wonder. Yeah. Which is hopeful, right? Um, Because that means... You know the, some groups are, are rising up and saying hey where's my voice and they're finding their voice mm-hmm. um, because I think that relationship the reason that was important for me and you was that's all I had at that time right I didn't have groups it was just you
0: oh that's interesting to look at it that way hmm
1: so as things get better those roles change I still say though you're my best friend and that's all that matters right
0: yeah, right. But, and this goes back to cognitive psych, I have to throw my nerdness, nerdiness of
1: course, back
0: in there. In cognitive psych, we understand that the brain is efficient. Like we're trying to make meaning. So we want to categorize. And that's the part of the human condition that's horrific, right? Because I go, you're like me and you're not like me. Right? Categories. Right. But you have to look at it. I mean, probably people who categorize people as like, you look like me, so you're probably safe. Right. I mean this is it's an
1: evolutionary thing. Right. The, yeah, right. People
0: who did that survived and passed on their genes. Mm-hmm. And this is this is not just psychology, it's also anthropology. We see this every culture worldwide has mm-hmm. in-group, out-group. And so we categorize, it's the way the mind works. So we're not trying to be and and that's why I have a little a little bit more of a gentle g- gentle perspective when it comes to when people are like, "Well, you just See me, it's like, well, we see through what our brain allows us. We have a lens. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't tear down those walls. Mm -hmm. It just means that we have a default mode that is survival-based. And when I see someone who doesn't look like me or seems other, I'm uncomfortable. So I have Mm -hmm. to push through that with the part of my brain that's rational and evolved. And I push through that and go, okay, that's silly. But there's a primal piece of us that is... Fearful of what we don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a part of it is being hesitant to to press, right? Because we feel safe, and that's not always good, right? And that's one of your message is when you you know when you try to live a safe life, mm-hmm. you don't challenge yourself, you don't mm-hmm. take charge, and it reminds me. I started seeing this in emails, and it was pretty cool um, of the pronouns that the person wants to be called, mm-hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it it just it was exciting to see that that this is how things are progressing now. Every generation is going to have its phenomenon when it comes to the LGBT community and where they're at. Mm -hmm. I will say this. I was so proud of my niece, Caitlin, Um, her best gay friend. uh, He came out to his family. Mm -hmm. This has been about three years ago. And they kicked him out on Thanksgiving Day. Like literally there's snow on the ground. This is in the Midwest. Kicked him out of the house. Wow literally kicked him out of the house he had nowhere to go and he lived in a small town he had nowhere he called my niece his best friend yeah and uh, he lived with my uh, with her my um, with my sister through Christmas mm. I was so proud of her but that's what I'm talking about mm-hmm. he um, really hadn't come out to anybody else and she's the only one that that he could feel safe with that uh, she understood and that was her buddy and she took care of him. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the time, I think you were going through a really bad breakup. You were in college. Um,
0: That was like many times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but (laughs) I think I was in Columbus at that time. And you were in Chicago going to school. And you're like, just come here. I'm devastated. You were just like, it was a bad. And I'm like, you know what? I got off work. I drove. I think I got there like at one in the morning. I don't remember who you broke up with at the time, but you were just devastated. I
0: probably don't either.
1: But I didn't even hesitate. And you did the same for me. I remember when I went through a similar breakup. I lived with you for a time. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff we help each other with. And uh, why I get emotional talking about that.
0: It's funny because it goes back to the research study. At least from the data, there there's a component of the gay boy straight girl love that does really highlights the dating and relationships there's a there's a particular safety in that realm
1: that fortifies the friendship Mm
0: -hmm, right and then it generalizes to all kinds of other but also we have
1: shared values we have the same sense of humor oh yeah i mean the first time we met i made this joke and only two people laughed and you laughed the hardest and i'm like who's that (laughs) oh it's that fabulous girl that i saw (laughs) earlier Hi, this is Kate from Chicago. The dating scene can be tough. And when I need a little encouragement, I turn on Dr. Karen's
0: Love and Life to get a reminder that staying true to myself is the most important thing. So the listener question for this week is from Jared. Hello, Dr. Karen. I recently started listening to your podcasts, and I have to say I'm very glad I came across them. Over the years, I've struggled with happiness in the world of love. So to hear some of the things you said has really brought great enlightenment. I do want to ask, or more so request, it would be interesting if you made a segment on how to regain trust in people. I know for me, I went through a series of bad relationships and realized that I lost trust in men and finding real love and happiness. Over the years, I encountered other people, usually men, that think the same way as I do due to a series of bad events. With that being said, it would be great to hear your perspective and maybe suggestions on what to do when you haven't lost hope on finding that special someone that makes you happy, but you have a lack of trust. Thanks for your time, and thank you for the informative podcasts. First of all, Jared, thank you so much for reaching out to me, and I'm so glad that my podcasts have been helpful for you. That's the whole point of why we do Dr. Karen Love & Life. And as for what you're going through, trust is hard to regain once it's been broken. No question. It's so painful to have your heart stomped on. And as you know from listening, I've been there, felt that. No question. And I don't think there's a magic formula. And that's the problem. I really want to give you some like little love and life hack. that will make it all better. But I can't because trust is something that you have to Just talk to yourself to say, yes, I was wronged. Yes, I was hurt. But I can't let that one instance or 10 instances cloud my vision and cloud my perspective for all the next relationships that I'm going to encounter. Think of it this way. It's not fair to the new guys you meet if you hang on to the hurt and the pain from the other guys who hurt you. If you do that, There's no hope for a future because no one can walk into a new relationship expecting happiness and positivity if they're still hanging on to the pain of the past. And I'm not saying it's easy, but most of the things that make our lives really great aren't easy. Most of the things that make our lives really great are hard. But you know that love is worth it and you know that it's worth it letting go of the past and letting go of the pain and stepping into a hopeful future. So I encourage you to do that. And Jared, thank you for this question, because I actually am going to reach out to some other professionals, some therapists who specialize in this content area, and we're going to have a podcast devoted to this topic in the near future. Thanks, Jared. So again, I wanted to have this episode post on Valentine's week because there's so much love out there in so many forms and It should all be enjoyed, and it should all be highlighted and underscored. And so to my listeners, happy Valentine's Day from Love and Life. Just enjoy the week. Enjoy the love in whatever form it is. So the Love and Life hack for this week is celebrate the love in your life. No matter what form it takes, love is love.
1: Dr. Karen, Love and Life has been produced by Dale Gregory, Senior Producer, Michelle Mousseau, and Host and Executive Producer, Dr.
0: Karen anderson abril